Welcome to Design for Voice podcast. Here's a highlight from today's episode. It was an excellent window into what the next phase of voice is going to be in terms of having the capability, having the resources, having the context to be able to handle those sorts of queries. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Design for Voice podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wilkin. And today I'm joined by Bradley Metrock of the Alexa Conference and Voice First FM. And we're going to be talking today a bit about what's new from the Alexa Conference, which just happened in early January, and how that has maybe affected and inspired us to do some new things in the voice space. So welcome, Bradley. Jeremy, thank you very much for having me on your show. It's an honor. Why don't you give us a little bit of your background and what you're doing here in the voice space? My name is Bradley. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I am CEO of a company called Score Publishing, and we do a number of different things, but you mentioned uh, two of them that we do. Uh, you know, we found ourselves uh, at the center in many ways of this emergence of voice technology through number one, creating Voice First FM, which is a global podcast network. Uh, We produce a number of shows in-house. Our flagship show is called This Week in Voice. I host that myself. Uh, Every week we have a panel of expert guests come on and talk about the week Uh, The week's news and voice technology, and believe it or not, there is a tremendous amount every week to discuss, and it's grown to have other podcasts that other people do, uh, shows like Voice First Health out of Vancouver, Voice Marketing out of LA, VUX World out of London, and some others. So we've been fortunate as we've watched that network grow to be enjoyed in now 56 countries. The other thing that we do is we produce a variety of live events, a portfolio of live events, all orbiting voice technology. And we call that side of our business voice first events. The Alexa conference, which just took place last week in Chattanooga, Tennessee, is one of those events. And uh, most people don't realize, you know, people are like Chattanooga, Tennessee, like I've lived in Nashville since 1999. And even people here in Nashville aren't aware that Chattanooga has a surprisingly even shocking uh, burgeoning tech scene there, all supplemented by the fact that Chattanooga has the fastest internet in the United States. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to marry an emerging city with an emerging technology, uh, that being Alexa, um, and that's exactly what we did. So that's a little bit about me and and about what we do. Excellent. Yeah, I Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there at the conference, so I'm looking forward to learning a bit about some of the highlights and things. Um, so why don't we start with that? Give us a little bit of background and some of the highlights from the Alexa conference that happened in January, and uh, what, what are some of the highlights to you that were most interesting or most valuable for us? Sure. So this is the third year of us doing the Alexa conference. We, we piloted it a couple of years ago here in Nashville before moving it out to Chattanooga. And since then, it has grown tremendously. Uh, This past uh, year's version, the the event that just took place last week, nearly tripled in size the previous year. And that's from an attendee standpoint. From an exhibitor standpoint, we had – I think one or two booths the previous year, we sort of experimented with booths last year. Um, and this year we rolled out something called the Alexa world fair presented by voice first FM. And 
that is the first dedicated exhibit hall to Alexa-oriented products and services that we're aware of. And we had some 35 or 40 exhibitors, um, and that was a fantastic place to marvel at a lot of the things going on in the voice space, most of which deal dealt specifically with Alexa across all different sectors. Um, and then, of course, our program was broken out into four different breakout tracks. There was Alexa in storytelling, Alexa in healthcare, Alexa in consumer marketing, and Alexa in smart home. And so the result of all of that was a lot of breadth um, covering a lot of different surface area on how voice is impacting our world and a lot of depth as real subject matter experts from across the world came in and shared their expertise and what they've got going on right now and what's top of mind for them with the audience. So it was, it was a blast. Uh, people enjoyed it and uh, we're excited to see how it continues to grow. That, that sounds phenomenal. 3X year over year attendee growth. So, I, you know, obviously the space is growing. That's one thing that I keep seeing. And when I talk with other people is that the voice space is exploding. Things are changing at such a rapid rate. The number of people getting involved are uh, growing exponentially and just the opportunities as well are growing exponentially. And it's often beyond just the basic experiences that we tend to think of. And so that was my main reason for wanting to bring you on is to go a little bit deeper on a couple of really interesting things that did come out of the conference and some of the things that demonstrate depth of voice experiences, things that we aren't accustomed to yet, but are primed to be uh, experiencing hopefully in the, in the near future. So why don't we go through a couple of things? We had three that we mentioned before the show. So you described uh, one of them that was in the car, one of them that was about memory over long term, and one of them that's uh, an interactive game. So let's start with a car example. I'll let you kind of introduce it and describe uh, what this demonstration was and why it's so powerful. Sure. So if you're talking about getting a glimpse of the depth of voice and where voice is going, on the first day of our show, we had three presentations back to back to back uh, that I explained, you know, before we got on the show um, that really sort of illustrate that. The first one was Katie McMahon of SoundHound. SoundHound is a company that has raised $100 million to create uh, a voice assistant uh, and to improve their voice assistant technology and to get voice into a, a lot of different places. And one of those places is the car where they are definitely a market leader um, and they're working with all, all manner of car companies. Um, not Alexa, not Google Assistant, not Siri, not Cortana, but SoundHound is in all Hondas rolling off the manufacturing plant in 2019 and a number of Mercedes and BMWs and, and a number of other cars. And they've really done a good job. And Katie McMahon got, there, got up there on the stage and she showed off a fantastic demo of their technology talking about <clears throat> comp what she called and what actually are compound complex queries so she showed off uh, being able to ask hound which is their voice assistant hound tell me the nearest italian restaurant that has chicken parmesan on the menu that's open past 9 p.m that has more than four stars on yelp that's within five miles from my house. 
and that is also within five miles of my friend's house, and here's her address. Boom, done. You know, give it about seven or eight seconds. Uh, every query she asked, no matter the complexity, was about that length in, in compute time. Um, and it returns the results. It was mind-blowing. It was, uh, it was inspiring. Um, it, just an, an incredible job. It's not, it won't be long before this company is acquired. But it was, a, it was an excellent window into what the next phase of voice is going to be in terms of um, having the capability, having the um, resources, having the context to be able to handle those sorts of queries and, uh, and having those in the car, which is the specific demo she did, um, even better. That's really interesting because I think one of the most common problems that I have when using my assistants is I start to speak and I haven't completed my whole thought and it tries to continue to resolve the first part of it. And knowing the difference between a simple statement and a complex query, it seems like a, a game changer, but also the ability to stitch all that information together and essentially filter out all of the junk that you might spend five minutes on your phone tapping all of the buttons to do <laughs> to yourself is is liberating um, and if especially if it can flow right out of your stream of consciousness and be processed within uh, under 10 seconds well and the other part of it too is that when you're talking about the car which is certainly emerging as an important frontier for voice in 2019 Everything you ever talk about in the car has such safety implications. To be able to have a compound complex query that's understood in the car, from an actuarial point of view, multiplied across this technology across all the cars in the United States, just for example, some number of lives X will be saved from the fact that this technology works as well as it does and does not throw back on the user saying, I didn't understand you, do it again, it's not going to work, get your phone out. Um, that also is equally exciting as well. So I commend that company. Soundhound's been one of my favorites for a while. Uh, we, know, we know them well. And uh, like I said, the word is inspiring what they're doing. Yeah, and I mean, for... The safety argument, I think this is something that we don't often think about in the design phase of our products. We think about what can the technology do or not do, and that's sort of how we box ourselves in. But anybody who's building something, whether it's for the car or not, there is safety implications for what we're building. And as these voice experiences become more capable and are in more places, I think the car is it's the prime location because of the context uh, and the capabilities of hands-free and everything. It's like the best place. Um, even if it's useful in other places, it's that's the heart and soul. I think of where voices for, for the short term, at least we have to think about the safety of the user psychologically, physically. Uh, and it's, it crosses over into all these boundaries. And we, I wonder how often designers are spending time thinking about the safety of these things. And, you know, there's, 
there's examples of technology that goes awry where there's a mapping software system. You ask for directions and it routes you through an unnamed road that crosses the airport terminal. There was a story about this a long time ago, but like there was somebody's car got routed across uh, a service road through an airport across a runway as part of the route. And it's like, you know, we, we make mistakes and that those are things that we need to be really, really cognizant of even in the early design phase and especially in the voice space. Well, and that's a great example, but I, I would make it much more, um, I, I would dial it into a more commonplace sort of zone in that we know as human beings that we have a problem and with a technological problem, which is that we are addicted to our smartphones and that manifests itself really, really negatively in the car uh, where we get on our phones because we can't get off of them. And we end up hitting another car. We end up killing somebody. We end up getting killed. Uh, we end up getting hurt. A family gets hurt. Um, stuff gets messed up. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, civic resources get messed up because you ran into something. This is a huge problem. And voice. What do we know about voice? One of the things we know about voice already is that there is a zero sum or a mostly zero sum trade off between the more that someone uses a voice assistant, and really a smart speaker, the more that someone uses a smart speaker, be it an echo show in the kitchen, uh, be it an echo tap in the bathroom, uh, and a, no doubt an echo auto or, or uh, whatever Google's equivalent is in the car or, or Apple CarPlay or whatever, these things trade off directly against cell phone use and smartphone use. And so it is imperative, you know, it's, it's not any more complex or complicated than simply saying it needs to work. It has to work and it has to understand uh, most of what the user says. And that's the bar. It's not super, super high. It just has to understand most of what the user says and what SoundHound, SoundHound's out there on the Vanguard. But, um, you know, these are, uh, these are important times. These are important conversations and, and technologies that simply must work in the way that the user expects. And, and we're close. And we're, pretty, we're pretty close. But uh, uh, it, it doesn't hurt anybody to be reminded of what's at stake. Yeah, exactly. And if if the voice experience is compelling enough and feature rich enough, that's, I think, more incentive than any laws that are passed about not using your cell phones while driving. Because if I can do everything through my voice, it it's easier to not reach over and grab that phone. And uh, yeah, the safety of the whole car environment is not just your safety, but the safety of many others, potentially, the more that we can do in this space, I think the better. So I, I'm really curious to look at the demos and see if I can find a bit more about where SoundHound is going in here. Um, and I, I've, I've experienced CarPlay and Android Auto. I've tried a few of them. And, and they, they do a good job of getting you the basic experience of what you need. But there's so many parts of the core experience that I still have to pull up my phone to do things. Finding a specific song might be simple, uh, but perusing through my list of playlists and trying to figure out which one I want is quite difficult still. And especially verbally, if you have a screen, maybe there's a little bit of uh, easier touch point, but um, there's still interactions that you have to use the screen in your car to, to utilize. So the more that I can simply say a complex query uh, and string together various things together, um, I think that's that's going to raise the bar and make everybody a lot safer and a lot less reliant upon actually using their device in order to accomplish 
whatever task that they have in mind. No doubt. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, it touches on such a key conversation of our time as human beings, which is our addiction to our smartphones. The second talk in this stretch of three that we had um, touches on another really important hot button issue of our time, which is data collection and privacy. So Brian Romley, who I, I refer to as the Oracle of Voice, uh, and that name has stuck. Um, and um, you know, he's a modern day Thomas Edison. He he gave a um, he was the first person I ever interviewed on the Voice First Roundtable, and I was blown away. Um, he gave a presentation uh, after Katie McMahon was done on uh, demoing two different technologies that he called respectively intelligence amplifier and my wisdom keeper. So Brian, uh, in the work that he's done, which has spanned 30 to 35 years, he has in many respects focused on the aspect of voice, which is its inevitable destination, which is being able to um, have 110% 110% context, contextual conversations with a human being, um, so much so that the computer, if you even call it that, I guess we'll call it that, the computer knows what you're going to do before you do it. It knows you way better than you know yourself. Not a little bit better, way better. And then it's chronicling your life in a way that you have permitted, in a way that's not stored in the cloud where a company can take advantage of you or sell you, um, but will chronicle your life in a rich way to where that wisdom and those experiences can then be shared with with your, your offspring or whoever else you want it shared with. Um, and so, you know, we would... In, embark on this era of human life where we have access uh, in whatever that ends up meaning to the experiences of people who have come before you who are who are dead, who are gone. And even to such an extent to where, and this was demoed at the Alexa conference. This is not something I'm just making up. This was actually shown where a conversation is happening with Brian's grandfather, um, you know, based on all the different inputs, you know, and, and obviously the technology is nascent, but, uh, you know, the, the, I, the premise of my wisdom keeper is that not only is knowledge stored, but it's extrapolated upon in a way where you actually can have a, a conversation, um, if you want to call it that, with family members or people who have passed away. And it was not only moving, but it was a crystal clear illustration of if you start to extrapolate on and look down the road with where we are, this path we are hurtling down with voice, this is one of the inevitable stops in the journey. And, uh, and the question then becomes, are we as human beings going to allow our data to be used in a way that makes this possible? 
And I think the inevitable answer to that is yes, because as is, in, as is fairly abundantly obvious, we talk a lot about privacy, but when push comes to shove, we really don't care. We're, we're quick to sell our privacy away for pennies on the dollar, and we do it over and over again. Um, and human beings always have. So this technology probably will have no impediment to exist um, once it's ready. And um, it was fascinating. It, it showed a whole lot of depth, you know, coming, bringing this back into the topic, uh, it showed a lot of depth on where we're going. This is something that takes a moment to absorb because you're thinking about essentially having uh, a version of yourself captured for all time. And first off, there's huge implications on privacy and things, of course. Uh, if we sidestep that for a minute and just think about the metaphysical, the human condition questions here, it's like, is this a path to immortality? You know, it's not quite real. And I think people know that. But in the moment, you have to think about the experience that the person talking to, what do we call it even? I mean, it's it, they're not really a person, but the the collective experience of a person, you know, you're, you're having an engagement with this person, you still build uh, an emotional experience with them. And that has a whole bunch of implications. I don't think we have time to even begin to unravel a little bit of that. But the fact of the matter is, we're not spending enough time thinking about that kind of future. And what kinds of things that we're doing today might either improve or detract from the quality of that future. Well, there's no doubt. And uh, you know, your reaction sort of echoes the audience reaction, which is, the hell would, do we do with this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, what do I do now? Yeah. You know, there was, uh, <laughs> there was some people who had a positive reaction, some people that had a negative reaction. It was a very polarizing session. And I love that as the person that programs the Alexa conference. I want conversation starters. I want memorable sessions. I don't want boring, cliched stuff. I want, I want an impression made. And, uh, and, and needless to say, that, that did that. Um, and you're right. Uh, we'll be talking about the implications of that for decades to come. No reason to try to dive into it here. The third session, uh, which came immediately after it, which was sort of a palate cleanser, I guess, uh, something to take things in a more uh, light tone, was Nolan Bushnell, the legendary entrepreneur who created Atari, Chuck E. Cheese, uh, Pong, many other things, um, uh, got up on stage with his co-founder of X2 Games, uh, Zay Ortiz. Uh, Zay is also a celebrity in his own right. He is a Hollywood visual artist who created uh, the Jarvis visual interface for Iron Man, uh, all the visuals you see in Tron Legacy, all the visuals you've seen in the Mission Impossible films, all the visuals you've seen in, in a lot of blockbuster films. Uh, both of these gentlemen were on stage talking about their company, X2 Games, which is producing Alexa-enabled games, uh, their first product of which is coming out very shortly and was on display uh, at the, uh, ex on the exhibit hall floor, uh, a murder mystery game called Saint Noir. Uh, it has a board game that you, you know, like sorry, Monopoly or whatever. There's actual board and pieces uh, and your smart speaker sitting there and is complimenting the experience in a very important uh, and rich way. Um, and that's all I really want to say about it, because uh, it's worth people discovering on their own. It's going to make an impact. There are several games. I mean, Alexa and, and Google, all of them have a, 
a multitude of games, and some of them are very basic. Some of them are more complex, like a Jeopardy clone. But there's not too many yet that have integrations with real-world physical objects that are near you. Uh, Alexa has the buttons, so that's uh, a bit more physical, but you're still not usually using a board game. Um, So I think there's a lot of interesting applications for not just games, but how else can a voice assistant utilize the space around you? And even if it's not like an integrated uh, IoT kind of device that's aware of everything going on, can it be used to either enhance or control how the people interact with the world around them, the space around them? And there's a lot of interesting, I'm sure, use cases, but uh, just having a game, I think they probably are, from the sounds of it, quite professional and do high quality work and making sure like the audio quality is stellar and things like that. So it makes makes for that kind of deep and rich experience. Another thing that I will be ordering as soon as it's available, I'm sure, <laughs> as, as I buy many things. Um, can you tell me a little bit more, though, about what like the... The challenges or anything that they've done that enhanced the experience of the game. So how does the the voice piece tie into the board game a little bit? So the way I understand it, uh, I was not able to demo it myself on the floor. Uh, I, I sat through the, the session, of course. The way I understand it from how they presented it is that you... Uh, St. Noir is a small town, um, old timey, you know, think like 50s era, you know, town. And uh, there's these different characters that are introduced to you uh, right at the outset. And uh, the combination of the board and primarily talking to Alexa, what you're doing, um, it, it certainly plays an integral part in the game as you are interviewing the characters and based on the things that you are asking them, the game evolves and um, you end up hurtling down one of any number of potential paths um, toward the resolution of the game. And so uh, the crux of it is uh, you're an investigator, you're interrogating these different people over the course of the experience um, there is a multimodal component. There's a video component to it that you'll have access to if you have a screen, but it's also adapted to where if you don't have a screen, it's, it's just, it's just as well. So that's part of the design aspect of it too. Um, that's interesting. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty frontier stuff. I mean, that's, uh, you know, without having played it and just sort of seen what they, you know, their, their, uh, demo reel and their trailer, and then they're talking about it. Um, that hits up about on the limit of my understanding of it. Um, and, and what I can tell you is the production values were extremely high. Um, I'm, I, it would be surprising if it's not a worthwhile uh, experience. What I want to do is round out before we close the show here with a little bit of a recap on the depth and the, the speed at which all this stuff is changing. So from your perspective, how, how are people keeping up with everything? <laughs> They're not. If you if you lined up a hundred Amazon, I would actually love this if this were possible, but it's not. If you lined up a hundred Amazon employees working on Alexa right now, um, and then you lined up a hundred Amazon employees that are working in different parts of the business, 
I suspect neither group is going to be able to give you an encyclopedic knowledge of all the different functions of Alexa. And, and same thing for Google, same thing for Siri, uh, same thing for these other ones. And that, that at some level is shocking. Um, that's a shocking statement to make, to say that members of, of the Alexa team themselves don't even know all the, the, the depth of the functionality of Alexa. But that, I believe that is 100% true. Um, and it's not an indictment on them by any means. Rather, it's, it's sort of a compliment. It, 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 is, it is a compliment because they have moved with such velocity uh, in shaping the market and um, convincing the market that voice is not a fad, that it's uh, the next generation of user interfaces and it's, it's the, the, the direction, permanent direction of computing, that uh, a lot of stuff has fallen by the wayside and fallen through the cracks. And so the implication of that <clears throat> for design is that it is um, pretty difficult to push boundaries when you don't know where the boundaries actually are. And so, you know, you and I were talking about before the show, uh, there's got to be a um, catch your breath sort of moment. Um, and when I say moment, I mean, you know, probably a six month period of time. You know, there's got to be some window where there's just not that much happening uh, in terms of new features, new functionality, new this, new that, to where healthcare, publishing, uh, marketing, um, manufacturing, um, all these different sectors that are using voice can catch up a little bit. Um, because what will then happen once they're caught up and they understand here are the edges of the frontier, they will then ram past them and we'll see innovation take place from people who um, understand what the limitations are, understand how to surpass those and then push boundaries. So we're at an interesting point. Um, it's a fascinating point. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out uh, because I'm not so sure that that pause that I just described is in the cards for 2019, uh, to be perfectly honest. So, um, you know, uh, we'll all see what happens together. That's an interesting idea of like lining up a bunch of people from one company. And it, it just demonstrates the number of pieces of technology that are required to make this stuff happen. And designers do actually need to know a bit about that because that determines some of the capabilities, but they also need to figure out how to encourage the pushing of those boundaries so that they're not defined by the technology. Like you gotta, you gotta be in the right spot of acknowledging what's there, but also trying to push for the next thing. And I, I agree, catching up sounds like a great idea. Doesn't seem likely <laughs> from the way that things are going. Um, we may never catch up and maybe that's not the worst thing, but keeping yourself fresh and current as a designer uh, or developer or anybody in this space is is essential. Keeping track of the news even is, is pretty important because at the end of the day, uh, you're, you're working on a moving platform. It's not like something that's been solidified. And this is true of all technology, but this one is moving currently at a speed that I don't think mobile or, you know, the web moved at at any point. It's just ramp up is, is, just completely uh, astronomical. So as we wrap up the show, let, let's talk about what's the highlight or key highlight that you think came out of today's show from your perspective. Well, it was certainly fun to debrief the Alexa conference with you. Um, it's fun to rehash some of the 
some of the sessions. It was such a fun and, and valuable experience. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that what I got out of this conversation was, you know, it's, it's interesting to sort of hear your response to some of these examples of the depth um, that's going on in voice right now. And um, just to sort of say it out loud, you know, and sort of synthesize it because um, when you do that, you really understand um, this is, uh, you know, it, it's just another uh, bullet point on how radical all of this is. And so, um, you know, if I took anything away, it was, it was just an affirmation um, of where we think we are, we're further. And then where we think we're going, it's going to be way further. I totally agree. We, we tend to see very simple things like turn my lights on as what we can do today. And that's simply not true. And the future is more interesting and more challenging perhaps to understand than we've thought about. So do you have any resources or suggestions for things that people might want to check into to learn more about voice and voice design? Sure. I, I would point people to two. Um, you know, Voice First FM is our podcast network. That is the actual domain name, voicefirst.fm. A lot of great shows there. Encourage people to take some time and check those out. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great resources there. And then voicefirstevents.com. Uh, um, you'll see our whole slate of upcoming events. Uh, the next one being Voice of the Car Summit, uh, which will take place out in uh, the Bay Area in April. Um, and then there's several others, a lot of different verticals. I encourage people to check those out as well. Awesome. So where can people learn more about you and your work besides the two you just shared? So the best place for me, you know, a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate. I get a lot of people following me on Twitter. I guess that's fortunate. I, I, most people following me, it's fortunate for sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is bmetrock, uh, B-M-E-T-R-O-C-K. Feel free to follow me. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, hit me up. I'd love to chat with people on there. The other place it's good to hit me up is LinkedIn. Um, I use LinkedIn a lot. I think it's a really underrated resource. Um, and you can just look for me on there by my name. Uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, say that you were listening to uh, you know, Design for Voice. Um, and uh, you know, let's continue the conversation there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Brad. And I really hope that people focus on the, the possibilities of the future and not just so much on the uh, limitations of today, which while they're there, they can be pushed and a lot of folks uh, are doing that today. So I really appreciate your insight and uh, information about the conference and some of these really interesting examples that I will find links to and also put them into the show notes. I'll do my best to, to find some of the demos. Again, just thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me on. This is a blast. And it was an, it's an honor. You're doing great work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you liked the show, please rate us on your favorite podcast player. All of the show notes are available on designforvoice.com.